With every story we hear, listen to, read, or tell, we make basic human connections that help define who we are. Welcome to Afterwards Paranormal, the podcast devoted to those stories that tell us who we are when we're in the dark. Listen closely now. The dark is speaking, and the need to be heard never dies. It's time for Home is Where the Haunt is, the portion of our podcast devoted to personal experiences with ghosties and ghoulies. Have a story to share? Send it in to afterwardsstories at gmail.com. We're dying to hear from you. This story is from a book called True Ghost Stories. It does contain imagery of family violence and suicide. My wife and I recently moved away from the city into a more rural neighborhood. The house is an older construct, but had been recently remodeled to look more modern and was spacious enough to accommodate our growing family. We had a young son named Gage, and my wife was pregnant with a baby who we planned to call Annalise if she was a girl. Not long after we moved in, odd things began to happen. We tried to ignore it at first, thinking we were simply not used to the house, but it quickly became apparent that there was something wrong with the place. First, it was the phantom smells. We were watching TV one night when the smell of cigarette smoke wafted into the room, strong enough that I thought someone was standing and smoking on the porch outside with the window open. I got up to check the windows, but they were all shut. I even switched on the porch light to make sure that there was nobody out there, but the street was empty. This happened a few times, and we could never find any explanation for such strong smells in the house. When I was at work, My wife told me she could sometimes smell perfume or the strong fragrance of lavender, both of which could never be explained either. But then we noticed the mold. It started in the shower, just a small patch in the corner of the wall. I took care of it multiple times, and every time I thought I'd gotten rid of it, it showed back up again, spreading farther along the wall. The third time it showed up, I got out my Polaroid camera and took some photos of it with the intention of consulting a professional. I figured they might tell me what I was working with and how to get rid of it for good. When the pictures started to develop, most of them were normal, meaning they showed the mold as I had expected them to, but as the rest of them cleared up, I noticed something was odd about them. Taking a closer look, it almost appeared as though I was looking at the opaque face of a woman right in front of the mold spot. I thought it must have been a trick of the light, but it was visible on several photos taken at different angles, and I could see the woman's face in all of them. Her expression appeared to be contorted in either pain or anger, and it really freaked me out. I showed the pictures to my wife just to make sure I wasn't imagining things, and she agreed that she could see a woman's face, too. Before seeking out a professional about the mold situation, I decided to do some research into the property instead. 
After digging through websites of old newspaper articles and records, I finally discovered the history of the house. Back when it was first built, a husband and wife had lived there. The details were relatively vague, but from what I gathered, they had a child that was stillborn. The wife fell into a deep depression and was admitted briefly to a hospital for inpatient care. When she was released, things seemed fine for a short while, but a few months later, the woman and her husband were both found dead inside their, our, home. The police ruled it as a murder-suicide. The wife had poisoned her husband before taking the poison herself, killing them both. There was only ever speculation as why she did it, but the most probable reason was that she never recovered from the loss of her child and had believed that they were both better off dead. It was clear that she had been mentally unwell at the time and simply snapped. After reading the tragic history, I concluded that the tormented image of the woman in the photos might have been the wife, still mourning the loss of her child. I did eventually seek out a professional to get the mold removed for good, but we still experienced the phantom smells and the occasional sound of footsteps that shouldn't be there. My wife and I have woken up to bangs in the middle of the night, and every so often some of our things will go missing without cause or reason, like a toothbrush or some loose change. I don't think these are malevolent spirits that mean my family any harm, but the wife and I are considering cleansing our home to see if we can get them to move on and hopefully be someplace happier than the house that holds such tragic memories. Hello and welcome to episode 105 of Afterwards Paranormal. I'm your host, Shelby. With this episode, our podcast is officially two years old. Thank you so much for listening and your support. Don't forget to jump over to our Facebook page and follow us. That way, I can at least give a name to a listener and thank you personally on the podcast. As all of us are all too aware over the last few years, our planet and its inhabitants have gone through an epic battle with germs. COVID has forever changed the way we protect ourselves from infection. From wearing masks to hand washing, we definitely handle human interactions differently. Whether or not you agree with the new anti-infection protocols, those little microbes are out there and there to stay. In our story, Germ Warfare, by Eric R. Grenard, a certain germaphobe takes disinfecting his world a bit too far. I, myself, am terrified of germ warfare. So let's just skip that. Reading a list of the deadliest diseases and their symptoms would reduce me to a pile of quivering rubble. Instead, let's just look at germs, and even more wonderful, the chemicals that kill them. This article is by the staff at the Mayo Clinic. Germs live everywhere. You can find germs, or microbes, in the air, on food, plants, and animals, in the soil and water, and on just about every other surface, including your body. Most germs won't hurt you. Your immune system protects you against infectious agents. However, 
Some germs are difficult enemies because they are constantly mutating to breach your immune system's defenses. Knowing how germs work can increase your chances of avoiding infection. Types of infectious agents. Infectious agents come in many shapes and sizes. Categories include bacteria, viruses, fungi, protozoans, and helminths. Helminths are invasive creatures like tapeworms, and that's all I'm going to say about them. Bacteria are one-celled organisms that can only be seen with a microscope. They're so small that if you lined up a thousand of them end to end, they could fit across the end of a pencil eraser. Not all bacteria are harmful, and some bacteria that live in your body are helpful. For instance, Lactobilisus acidophilus, a harmless bacterium that resides in your intestines. It helps you digest food, destroys some disease-causing organisms, and provides nutrients. Many disease-causing bacteria produce toxins, powerful chemicals that damage cells and make you ill. Other bacteria can directly invade and damage tissues. Some infections caused by bacteria include strep throat, tuberculosis, and urinary tract infections. Viruses. Viruses are much smaller than cells. In fact, viruses are basically just capsules that contain genetic material. To reproduce, viruses invade cells in your body, hijacking the machinery that makes cells work. Host cells are often destroyed during this process. Viruses are responsible for causing many diseases, including the common cold, influenza, measles, chickenpox and shingles, and the coronavirus. Antibiotics designed for bacteria have no effect on viruses. Fungi. There are many varieties of fungi, and people eat several of them. Mushrooms are fungi, as are the molds that form the blue or green veins in some types of cheeses. And yeast, another type of fungus, is a necessary ingredient in most types of bread. Other fungi can cause illness. One example is candida, a yeast that causes infection. Candida can cause thrush, an infection of the mouth and throat. It can occur in infants and in people taking antibiotics or who have an impaired immune system. Fungi are also responsible for skin conditions such as athlete's foot and ringworm. Protozoans. Protozoans are single-celled organisms that behave like tiny animals, hunting and gathering other microbes for food. Many protozoans live in your intestinal tract and are harmless. Others cause diseases such as giardia, malaria, and taxoplasmosis. Protozoans often spend the part of their life cycle outside of humans or other hosts, living in food, soil, water, or insects. Some protozoans invade your body through the food you eat or the water you drink. Others, such as the malaria protozoans, invade your body through a mosquito bite. There is a difference between infection and disease. Infection, often the first step, occurs when bacteria, viruses, or other microbes that cause disease enter your body and begin to multiply. Disease occurs when the cells in your body are damaged as a result of the infection, and signs and symptoms of an illness appear. In response to infection, your immune system springs into action. An army of white blood cells, antibodies, and other mechanisms go to work to rid your body of whatever is causing the infection. 
For instance, in fighting off the common cold, your body might react with fever, coughing, and sneezing. We often take for granted the action of disinfectants without fully understanding how they work. Not only are there differences in the action of the antimicrobial ingredients, but there are also differences depending on the concentration of chemical that is used that can impact the action of a chemical agent or physical process. In general, disinfectants have three mechanisms of action or ways that they affect or kill an organism. Cross-linking, coagulating, clumping, structure and function disruption, and oxidizing. Let's look at some different disinfectants. Alcohol. Like many disinfectants, alcohols are generally considered to be nonspecific antimicrobials because of their many toxic effects. Alcohols cause cell proteins to clump and lose their function. Specifically, the cell membranes lose their structure and collapse, thereby killing it. Chlorine. Chlorine is a very common disinfectant used in a wide variety of cleaning solutions and applications, even in drinking water, because even in very small amounts, it exhibits fast bacterial action. Chlorine works by oxidizing proteins, lipids, and carbohydrates. Peroxygen compounds. Both hydrogen peroxide and parasitic acid are peroxygen compounds of great importance in infection and control because unlike most disinfectants, they are unaffected by the addition of organic matter and salts. Peroxygen compounds also kill spores by removing proteins from the spore coat, exposing its core to the lethal disinfectant. I know this works because at our house, hydrogen peroxide is known as the stingy stuff. It is a relief to know that these disinfectants are out there. Now, every time I spray the kitchen counter, I'm going to imagine a microscopic battle going on between germs and the hydrogen peroxide or whatever it is is in the spray. Perhaps I'll play some heroic fanfare to enhance the battle. Well, there's the information on germs and disinfectants. I hope you found it interesting. I, myself, am going to go and wash my hands for about an hour. You are listening to Afterwards Paranormal the podcast that offers you dark tales from literature, lore, and you, the listener. If you're interested in contributing stories to the show, please stay tuned after the story for details. Eric J. Guinard, born December 20th, 1975 in Montebello, California, is an American horror, dark fantasy, and literary fiction anthologist, editor, and author. He is a lifelong resident of Southern California and teaches technical writing through the University of California system. Eric J. Guinard has written and published over 100 short stories. In 2017, he purchased the small press company Dark Moon Books. Under this imprint, he has released several anthologies, including A World of Horror, and After Death, which won a Bram Stoker Award for Best Anthology. And now, Germ Warfare by Eric J. Guinard. There is a gross-you-out warning with this story. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it about a 6. Enjoy. 
What do you mean? Why are you here? You came to me. I didn't go to you. You're the one that's sick here. It's not me, Jack. It's you. I guarantee you that much. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Yes, I know I may look sick. People tell me that all the time. But I'm going to give you another guarantee. This will be two, in case you're keeping track. I'm the healthiest person you'll ever meet. Don't judge me like the others. Appearances, as you know, can be quite misleading. There's so much more going on that you simply cannot see. People say I'm too skinny. They call me bulimic or anorexic. I'm not bulimic. Bulimia is when the sufferer binges on food and then purges it out. I simply do not eat. Nor am I anorexic. Anorexia is the fear of gaining weight. That's just ridiculous. Who worries about such things when the real horrors of the world surround us at every moment? Oh, and when I say surround, I mean live within. It's the parasites, the microbes, the creatures that live inside us. They're eating me alive. They're eating all of us alive. Did you know that the human body is host to over 10,000 species and strains of germs and mold and bacteria? Sweet Jehovah, can you imagine them coating your lungs and trespassing on your very breath in order to procreate and create bastard offspring? And worms. Oh, so many worms. There are pinworms, tapeworms, yeastworms, hookworms, whipworms, and even huma worms. Have you ever heard of huma worms before? They spread in your intestines, living undetected for years, but growing strong, growing to incredible lengths, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, and more. Their size is boundless if left unchecked. The human host dies before the huma worm does, that's for sure. Then there are the flagellates, the very harbingers of disease, self-reproductive and ravenous. They eat you. They eat you of your marrow and nerves like filthy vampires. They form algae and attach to your blood cells, traveling the vascular highways of the body. Flagellates can even be passed through saliva or sweat. God forbid some sick crone ever sneezes on you. Oh, and don't get me started on protozoas. But you know all this, don't you? Of course you do. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be condescending. I just tend to ramble sometimes. Everyone knows these things that I'm saying. Everyone knows their body is a sloppy all-you-can-eat buffet for germs and bugs. Like a calf being fattened for the slaughter, our bodies grow plump and rich. Our bodies are a garden of delight to parasites. Heck, not just a garden, but a universe. We know it and we accept it. We are, after all, just carefree hosts to bacterial rapists. They're eating us alive from birth, these things. They drink and feast and spread, bugs and parasites and other creatures, which even scientists with their high and mighty microscopes can't see or begin to understand. Think about it. There are organisms living inside our body which defies the rationale of even the greatest of scientific minds. That's a fact, Jack. And the world is perfectly happy to continue to let these things feed off of them. Les affaires to the microcosm. But not me. No. That's why I don't eat. I'm not starving myself. 
I'm starving them. Are you surprised at what I say? Did you ever consider how else to defeat these monsters that live within us? Did you know that when the body starves, it will eat itself? Essentially, deep down inside, every one of us hides a personal cannibal. To survive, the body needs protein and sugars and all the other building blocks of life. That means that when it runs out of these things, it will turn inwards and start to digest those blocks that already pre-exist. The body digests its own muscle and fat first, but so too does it the bugs, devoured finally by the body's response system. That's how I'll get them. I'll starve and they'll starve too. The difference is that I'm stronger than any single-celled organism. I'll live and they'll die. I have no doubt that I will outlast the parasites. It's the survival of the fittest. You see, the land the microbes have settled in will grow desolate, barren. They will compete for the withered resources of my flesh and organs until they perish one by one. Yes, it's true, they may become more desperate. They will struggle to survive as all life does. They may adapt or... Never mind, it's like I told you. I'm stronger than they are. Do you see this? Already their home inside me has dried and forced them outwards to the surface. See this lump here? No, this other one on my arm. Yes, the stitches are sloppy. I put them in myself. It's not easy to do in my state. But you can't trust doctors to do that sort of work on you. They're filled with the bugs themselves. Hell, they're mind-controlled by the bugs. They would recognize me as a free thinker of having escaped the pattern of hosts for the creatures, and they can't allow that. I think you know what they'll do to me if they discovered my freedom. Ugh, you distracted me. What was I saying? My head hurts. The mites are scavenging. I think they're in my brain. Oh, I was talking about the lump, the one I had to stitch up. Well, I sliced it open the other day. It wasn't any accident. I knew exactly what was going on. The lump was swelling, and I knew the parasites were retreating from my innards. They were being forced out so as not to be digested by my starving body, and they were huddling under the outermost layer of my dermis, their number growing with other refugee germs. The lump grew, and I took a razor and sliced it open. It only confirmed my suspicions. What came out of that lump was yellow and speckled and filled with shrieks and pleas. I had rid them from myself. I had killed off the psychophants, the leeches, the murders of my beautiful, beautiful body. I was Victor. From there, I opened up the lumps on my chest as well, and my thigh and neck and face. More of the parasites oozed out. That's how I knew I was getting rid of them. They're dying, and I'm living. You need to do it as well, you know, before the bugs tip the scales in their favor, before it's too late. But baby steps might be in order. Not everyone is as strong as me. There's a bottle of Lysol on the table. I have cups, if you'd like. I didn't drink it straight the first time. I'm not crazy. I watered it down, 50-50. I felt it burning inside me, the acid eating away the bacteria, the fire of purification. It worked wonderfully. Even the ad on the bottle says so. See for yourself. The label says, kills germs. True, I had a lot of bleeding inside, I'm pretty sure it was the blood of the bacteria. I puked out all of their dead corpses. I told you I'm a winner, Jack. I'm a survivor. Don't ever forget that. 
Oh, and another thing. Do you know your hair and fingers are the filthiest parts of the human body? Who would have known? I would have thought it was the rectum, that portal for filth that makes its great exodus. But the hair and fingers. That's why I shaved all my hair, head and body. Easy enough and only sensible. The fingers were a little more difficult, though. I bore no misconceptions as to how life would be much more difficult without fingers, so I compromised. I cut off only the tips, right at the juncture of the first knuckle. This way I can live a normal life, and the germs can't hide under the nails or cracks of my cuticles. Like I said, it's a war. You gotta make sacrifices to win. These vermin never tackled someone like me before. Why are you looking at me like that? Has the horror set in? Have I opened your eyes? Do you realize now the nightmares that cover every inch of your skin, scouring, feasting, sexing, defecating all over you, inside and out? Oh, and be careful what you breathe. God have mercy on your soul should you inhale the wrong kind of toxins or microbes. I wear a respirator at all times. I only breathe fresh, clean oxygen from this hair tank. I suppose in my case, there isn't actually much of a choice anyway. I burned off the inner lining of my lungs by inhaling hydrochloric acid. I might have gone a bit far that time, but we can only grow from experience. Speaking of inhaling, did you know that dust is 75% shed human skin? You heard me right. That's what you could be breathing in every second of the day. The filthy germ-coated skin of other slobs just floating in the air waiting to find a new home, a new human host to infect. You don't have to worry about that in my home, though. I scrape and bleach my skin every morning. But anyway, that's why you're in the cellar. Sorry, I do tend to ramble for a while, but I wanted to answer your question. I had to explain myself so you'd understand. I'm working so hard to be cleansed, killing these things. I can't have you come into my house, infecting my environment. Your germs are strong right now. They're potent. They've outgrown you, and they're looking for a new home, a new host. I can hear them, excited, scrambling, and ready to pounce on the unsuspecting passerby. Even now your skin, your hair, it's all falling off you and spreading the disease, the creatures. I don't care that you were only selling magazine subscriptions. You're infected like the others. The parasites don't make particulars regarding your occupation in life. That's a fact, Jack. But I can help if you let me. I offer the light of salvation, the proverbial hope for your very survival. If you cleanse yourself, I will let you out. Oh, the others? Yes, sorry, you must be confined with them, but that can't be helped. I'm not going down there to touch them. Look at the mold and rot on their bodies. Filthy and putrid, really. They were infected just like you. What am I supposed to do? Quarantine everyone individually? That's just silly. I don't have those kinds of resources. But you're different. I can tell. You're reasonable. Not like that one in the brown uniform over in the corner. He came to make a so-called delivery. A delivery of lice and infection was more like it. I offered him help, but he refused. Even spit at me. I closed the door and cleansed myself in a bleach bath. I heard him screaming a week later, but then it stopped. That other one, the one by your foot who's wearing a tie, tricked me. He wanted to sell me a vacuum cleaner, so I let him in. Of course I let him in. At least he was trying to help clean the world, or so he claimed. 
The next thing I knew, he had poured a pile of soot onto my floor as some kind of twisted way of making a sales pitch. Lord, can you imagine? Needless to say, his was a hopeless cause. But you, again, you're different. I can tell. I think you're ready to start, Jack. What will you begin with? The Lysol or the razor? What a lovely, creepy, crawly story. Mrs. Grimley is our ghostly librarian here at the Cemetery Hills Library. She and I are hoping, wondering, if we'll get some creepy nursery rhymes from you listeners out there. We would like to read them on the Halloween episode. Oh yes, I'm working on mine. Here's what I have so far. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the blood was sure to flow. That's all I have so far. It is a work in progress. Hmm. I'm not sure I want to see where that progresses to. But thank you, Mrs. Grimley. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Afterwards Paranormal. I've been your host, Shelby. And as always, I leave the last words for you. Did you know that when the body starves, it will eat itself? Essentially, deep down inside, every one of us hides a personable, a personable cannibal, (laughs) a cannibal that likes us. Thank you for listening to Afterwards Paranormal Podcast. Please join us on Patreon and Facebook. You can listen to Afterwards Paranormal on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Contact us at afterwardsstories at gmail.com. And remember, the need to be heard never dies. (laughs) 